Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Episode 11, titled The Persistence of Memory. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode. Uh, This time, getting a bit more terrestrial, getting a bit more grounded, and talking about uh, information. How information is collected and stored in various organisms, various parts of the human body, uh, in actual life and libraries and databases and All that, and it's all really, really well done. It's all very, very fascinating. Uh, And this episode actually starts off in the absolute perfect way. Carl Sagan, the first thing he does is tells us about a unit of information measurement called bits. Now, what this essentially is, is just, it's literally a determination of how much information is in a given anything. So, like, whether or not a light switch is on or off is a bit, uh, he very cleverly puts in the game 20 questions. Basically, if you ask a, if you ask a question in 20 questions, the answer you get is a bit. Uh, the total number of bits in a game of 20 questions is 20 bits. And he establishes this very early on in a, as this very tangible, very easily understandable, very very easy to comprehend unit of measurement, sort of establishing a baseline so that you can, throughout the entire episode, as he's rattling out this uh, number of bits (laughs) of, like, how much information, relatively speaking, is stored in certain things. Like, this organism contains such and such bits. Uh, A single strand of DNA contains such and such bits. The human brain contains... Uh, the freaking bajillion D bits, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, and it is there is a very very clever way, uh, a very very well handled way of sort of putting everything Carl Sagan talks about in this episode immediately into perspective. Immediately, like you 
have this shorthand that Carl Sagan establishes in minute one that can tell you exactly, 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 exactly where where this is in the grand scheme of all human knowledge uh, and just how big everything is information-wise. Uh, and then once he has that very good opening, takes a hard left turn and does an entire segment on ocean life. Carl Sagan basically makes an episode of Blue Planet. <laughs> like 20 years before Blue Planet was a thing. Like, this literally becomes the Blue Planet. And he's doing in this entire segment on ocean life. Uh, specifically whales. He spends the most time on whales. And how they communicate with their whale songs. And how beautiful and impressive it is. On uh, how we're screwing it up uh, by... Uh, polluting the ocean with noise, uh, with our noise pollution BS, uh, and just the majesty of whale sounds and how they use it to communicate with one another over great, great distances and with remarkable consistency and complexity. There's this entire segment on ocean life and whales that's literally just Carl Sagan does the Blue Planet, and Carl Sagan uses this very naturally to... Get us into uh, genetic knowledge versus learned knowledge. Uh, the information stored in our DNA of processes we just unconsciously do. Uh, things that our body just unconsciously knows has to be done every single day, every single minute of every single, like, everything of our lives. Uh, and the information we learn that is stored in our brains. Uh, and he dives into the differences between those two things. And from there, that is also a jumping off point to talk about the structure of the brain. He spends a lot of time taking you through all the different regions of the brain. Uh, through all the different elements that make up the brain. Uh, the brain stem, like the base portion of the brain. Uh, the R complex that was essentially there. And by the way, I love how Carl Sagan explains this. Of just like, the brain sort of evolved outward. Uh... Literally how the brain just built on top of itself to what we are now. Like the R-complex, the uh, limbic system, I think it's... Is that what the limbic system is? I can't remember. Um, I think limbic system, uh, and then the cerebral, cerebral cortex, which is what sort of makes us human, not just a mammal or a reptile. Uh, just sort of gives us our higher conscious thought. Uh, but he takes us through all the regions of the brain, frontal lobe, left, right hemisphere, yada, 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 uh, and just takes us through the entire structure of how the brain works. Uh, and again, he does it in a very, very, very digestible, very easy to understand, uh, and very fun and engaging way, because Carl Sagan is, again, one of the greatest science educators, one of the greatest science communicators of all time. I cannot talk. I just had a mini stroke there and also i really really love the metaphor he uses and sort of brings to life visually so well of just uh both dna and the brain being big libraries uh with all this information written out of here's how body do stuff here's info need here's stuff learned 
Uh, and it's really, really great. It, it, it's really, really awesome. And it's a very solid metaphor that he handles so freaking well. And then after we have this big, long uh, segment on brain structure, which does dominate the episode, uh, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it, unfortunately, because there is a lot of sciency terms that Carl Sagan does a better job of explaining than me, and I'll just make myself sound like an idiot if I haven't already. <laughs> I'll make myself sound more stupid than usual. But then he goes outward... And in explaining how the brain sort of built onto itself, he kind of compares it to the expansion of a city. How, like, New York City, for example, started in one small center and then just expanded outward and outward and outward and outward. And kind of as you go through the city, you can sort of see certain remnants of previous iterations of the city. Uh, You go by a certain building and it has, like, older architecture uh, you look at certain modes of transportation that are have lingered from old eras, uh, and it just, like, is a great little visual, like, relatable way to sort of think about this is kind of how the brain constantly evolves and constantly builds on top of itself uh, to get better and better and better and better from reptile to mammal to primate and human. And that is really, really cool. That's a really solid bit. And then we get into the vast, vast, vast importance of libraries and of books. Uh, The written word, these uh, views into the personalities of various writers, into their knowledge, into their wisdom, their understanding of the world, and how... We look back on books, we read books, we read the written word, we go to libraries, we read all of this knowledge, and then we build on it in our own society. We write it down, and then that's another book put in the library, and how libraries and books sort of create this collective knowledge, this collective societal knowledge, this huge wealth of information that if we didn't have, our development would be a lot a lot, a lot slower. (laughs) Like, if we didn't have that ability to write down our thoughts and communicate them with a large swath of the population, humanity would just sort of stay stagnant and never evolve and never move forward or civilization. We'd just always sort of stand still. And so he does this giant segment on the importance of libraries and on the importance of books. uh, And... It's so, so great and so essential uh, and just amazing. Like I said, like, I I constantly say that Cosmos is every bit a celebration of knowledge itself as it is an educational docu-series. And this is very much falling into the former category of this is a celebration of knowledge. This entire sequence is Carl Sagan, uh celebrating the entire pursuit of knowledge that books and that libraries represent. And it's really, really fantastic. And it's really, really awe-inspiring. And it's just absolutely spectacular. And then... Then in the last sequence, Carl Sagan feels the need to... talk about Voyager again. He feels the need to go back to that and touch upon Voyager for the 
50 bajillionth time. And it's just like, dude, you did an entire episode on Voyager. You did literally an entire hour of television just gushing about Voyager. You don't have to go back to freaking Voyager again. I get you're going for an awe-inspiring ending, and that's all well and good, but like, shut the hell up about Voyager. We get it. You're excited about Voyager. This was kind of in the time when Voyager was the hot shit in the scientific community. I get that, but it's like, Shut up about Voyager. Not everything has to lead back to freaking Voyager. Like, I just, it annoyed me. It annoyed me when I saw this otherwise great episode, and then that last few minutes happened where Carl Sagan just insisted on talking about Voyager again. It's just like, you already did an entire hour on Voyager. It was already overlong and repetitive and dull and did not work in this series as well as you thought it did. Stop going back to it. Stop going back to Voyager. Jesus. Like, it just annoyed me. But otherwise, this is a very good episode. Otherwise, is another solid installment of Cosmos. Uh, we only got a couple episodes left in this series, and then we're done. And then we move on to Tyson. So... Yay! So close to the end. Yet no closer to understanding what any of it was for. That was an Assassin's Creed 2 reference. I swear I'm not criticizing the show. <laughs> the show is great. The show is great. I love it. I just saw an opportunity to make an Assassin's Creed 2 reference. And I took it. Because I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, if you like this favorite podcast anchor.fm slash tv archives so that you can be here every single monday through friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer feel free to call in as well it's simple as just to push up a button on the anchor app i'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in follow me on twitter instagram and letterboxd tom tom four four six eight uh, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Cosmos Episode 12. Talk to you then.